What it do, what it do, everybody. We are back and better than ever. Week two, week two, everyone. Don't sleep on week two, but uh, we. Uh, this is obviously the big Joey T. And Rob, and Robert, whoever. I still, don't, I still don't know my name yet. Some people call him Norb, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't really recommend that, but you can do it if you yeah, want. Yeah, you, you just call me anything, kind of, just don't call me Bob. I yeah. don't really like that. But no one likes Bob. Or Richard. Or, or well, let's just stick to Robert or Norb yeah. or something yeah. like that. But uh, we are here again to bring you the Devil Cardinal Eggs or uh, DCE. DCE. You know, this is our second week, so it seems fitting that we should already initialize it. Exactly. We got We got to start abbreviating. You know, if Tickle Me Elmo can start abbreviating with the uh, TXM or whatever the heck it's called that the new Tickle Me Elmo is called, <laughs> stands yeah. for extreme. But yeah. let's get off to Tickle Me Elmo. <laughs> <laughs> We actually do. Oh, this has been a very big week. Huge. We we've seen lots of things happen this week, like the ten year anniversary of Tupac's death. Kind of, kind of a, a big deal in my life. I know the um, image of the crying Indian comes to mind. It's oh, a sad day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, also, you know all the all the TV shows first week. Huge. We just watched Office. Um, Great, we, great show. We won't ruin the big surprise that happened, but... But still very funny, so we uh, suggest that you either catch it, I'm not going to condone downloading it, but <laughs> if that's the way you watch it, then, you know, more power to you. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the Cardinals and Sun Devils, just for fun. Hey, you know, that's what this show is about, so maybe we should talk about them, I guess. Cool. ASU, just put it on Colorado, the... Colorado never really was in the game. I mean, honestly, it was twenty-one to three victory with yep. all said and done. Pretty, pretty solid victory. I think Sun Devils could have had a better offensive outing, but considering that you know they still put up four hundred yards, pretty decent in my opinion. And the Cardinals decided to ruin my week and lose twenty-one to ten to the Seahawks. Moment of silence, please. Four, three seconds. Whatever. That, that'll work. <laughs> That's good too. There goes our undefeated season. So, <laughs> dang it, the Dolphins just court or uncourt their ship. Yeah, yeah, they always do. The they're Cardinals celebrating. Ah, oh, sad day. But uh, let's get right into this. Let's talk about the Arizona State Sun Devil game against the Colorado Buffaloes. It's funny. I was telling Joe that I had this uh, joke planned about how we were about to say "see you later" to Colorado University. Uh, I strongly advised against it. Yeah, and uh, but it was stolen before I could even say it. It was actually said on the radio, and then I realized how cheesy it was, so I held it to myself. But now I'm sharing it anyway because <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about some high points in this game because we had a lot, quite a few. I mean, there's still a couple down points, but first of all, let's uh, talk about uh, opening minutes of the game. Well, the score very easily. Could have been thirty-five to three, very easily. They gave up turnover right on the first possession. Sean DeWitty fumbled it on a carry, and looked kind of kind of grim right there because it's our first possession. They had the ball within their within scoring distance. Fortunately, our defense came up big, which they seemed to do all game because we yeah, kept the trend going of keeping Colorado under ten points in every game, like. That, that that's always kind of dangerous too, because just you know it, it was in Boulder, a quick turnover like that really could have swing the momentum. Yeah, it could have let Colorado in the game when they really have zero business. Exactly. Being in yeah, the game. 
Exactly. We persevered. Also, the other were when we were um, driving down the field to. Uh, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about ASU, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're driving down the field, and uh, Rudy Carpenter was uh, scrambling for his life, and like I saw him at like the three, and I'm like, he's gonna do it. He's gonna jump. He's gonna go airborne. But he came up kind of short, and he, he got hit he, in the air. He got hit right in the air. Bam! The ball came loose. Looked like it went out of bounds, but the replay officials said that it hit the pylon before it went out. That means it's a touchback. The other team gets the ball at their own twenty. Yeah, shady suspect call, and then it was it was Big Twelve officials. Yeah, so it wasn't just the Pac-10 this weekend. Yeah, it was, the, it was the Big Twelve. They they tried to put it put it on the Pac-10. They had heard about the Oregon game, and they they tried to do us dirty. Fortunately, we still uh, pretty much came through, pounded on them. Running game was pretty pretty decent. Keegan Herring and Ryan Terrain really kind of solidified them as the one and two backs of the four man rotation that the Sun Devils were going with. Which is kind of cool because Ryan Terrain was ranked fourth on the depth chart when the season began, and he really moved his way up to either one or two right there with Herring, because he's really he's really a good blocker. He knows how to pick up the blitzes. Joe and I, when we were watching the game, Joe just kept commenting. He never he was like, "Man, that guy just picked up that blitz. Good job." He didn't even know it was Terrain each yeah, time. Just like that. Too. Just like that. <laughs> no. Terrain had had 18 attempts for 80 yards, um, but Keegan Harry had nine attempts for 82 yards. So it's it's obvious that they were feeding Terrain more. Yeah. But I mean, Herring had just as many yards. I mean, he had two two more yards. It still seems uncertain which is our feature back. Do we need to have a feature back, or can we just keep going one and two? Yeah, I mean, we could. USC kind of did it for a while. Reggie Bush and Lundell White. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not that gonna. Didn't really work out too well for them, though, did it? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not gonna jump the gun and say that Keegan Herring's the next Reggie Bush or anything, I'll and do it. that Ryan Terrain is the next London White. But we could have a pretty I'm decent thunder, thunder and lightning <laughs> combo going on. Uh, Ryan Terrain with his blocking ability and his pretty good vision and ability to hit that line pretty quick and break loose, drag a couple guys with him and get pick up those four yards that you really need on each carry. So so you have Keegan Herring, Ryan Terrain. You can only pick one one back, and you're on a desert island. Which one do you pick? Right now, because Herring hasn't gotten the amount of carries, and he's still picking up huge yardage, I'd probably go with Herring. I don't know how he would do on a 20-plus yard carry game. I'm hoping that he'd really finish strong in each game, but I would have to go with Herring. I agree. I mean, <clears throat> Herring show, showed so much promise early on uh, last season. Last season. And it just doesn't see like he was, he's never been given any kind of commitment yeah. from Cutter at all to show what he can do. Exactly. I mean, he's been given the starting job, but he really doesn't get starters minutes or possessions, carries. He gets just a couple <laughs> here and there. and But each time it's like he'll be, you'll be seeing him running downfield, getting 20 yard gains and cutting back on the entire field and running a touchdown just going crazy for some reason he still hasn't gotten the carries so just remember the drumbeat of of the season so far is which one's going to be keegan herring brian Terrain, keegan herring it's it's really going to be interesting to see how it all just just comes together yeah i but i i like it now that we're down to two running backs with the four-man rotation it was really really up in the air too many guys back there 
Sure, it may confuse some defenses, but it's still not giving enough consistency to the team and their offensive scheme. And that's probably why they've struggled a couple times is because they don't know who's going to be on the field and everything. Look at the wide receiver core. Sure, we got a lot of depth there, but Rudy doesn't always know who he's throwing to and who knows if they'll get open. Kind of doesn't jive well with our the flow of the offense. Let's talk about that dominating ASU defense right Yes, now. very dominating. Key word is dominating this week. Doom, doom, doom. We interrupt this podcast to bring you the definition of dominating. It is intransitive verb coming from the root word dominate, to have or exert mastery, control, or preeminence, to occupy a more elevated or superior position. Dominating. Now back to the whole podcast. We put it on them. Standout performance by Justin Tryon. Pimpin out of junior college was really out of nowhere, and I forget what state. Let's say California. I think it was actually somewhere east coast. Actually, I think somewhere like Maryland or something. Let's say Connecticut then. But yeah, Connecticut. Let's go. Let's just go with Connecticut. <laughs> he really, he really had a standout performance. Ten tackles, one sack. Uh, really was just all over the field, and okay. he really put it on the the Colorado offense. Kept the quarterback, Bernard Jackson, in check. Of course, this is all somewhat premature. We played NAU, Nevada, and Colorado. Colorado this year isn't good. So we'll definitely have to see what happened in conference play. It looks so good. Yeah. And just, it seems like every week they're just building and exactly. building and building. Let's hopefully keep this ball rolling. So I was watching the game last Saturday. I literally wanted to grab the Colorado coach. <laughs> Who had a Lego man haircut, just to let you know. Which is important to note. And just slap him in the face and tell him, if it's third down, ASU's going to (laughs) blitz. Like, I mean, literally, every single third down in the second half, ASU brought the house. And the one time he actually acknowledged it and threw a quick hot route, Jordan Hill dropped back in coverage and made, made an interception. An interception. It was awesome. Jordan Hill, all you that don't know, is a defensive lineman. So for him to drop back in coverage and actually get a pick and then run it back 20-plus yards yeah. is a pretty good feat. It was pretty pretty fun to see because he was hustling for sure. And he's actually the second cousin of Brand Hill of uh, Duke fame. Duke and the Pistons fame, Pistons fame. So, and broken foot fame. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely steady on the crutches. I was just like, are you serious? Like, they're going to blitz. How it's like pick this? it up. Can you not? Do you, are you not seeing it coming? Like what are you? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? We have a uh, seventeen sacks over the season so far, which is tops in the nation. We're yeah, really yeah. we're ranked very high. Not number one, I don't think. Last week we were number one with twelve sacks. Yep. And we have seventeen now, so we still have to be in the top. Pretty 10 high up there. We only had twenty four sacks all of last season. For us to get that high a number only three games into the season, pretty amazing. So it's a lot of potential of how this defense can really come together. Hopefully conference play will just keep that ball rolling. Do we have to talk about the Cardinals this week? <laughs> Unfortunately. I love the Cardinals. They're my team. As, as do I. In good weeks, bad weeks, I can't just strain out the good and not talk about all their faults. It's just it's just so much harder, though, to talk about them when they lose. <laughs> it just hurts every time you mention it. Early on in the game, we were actually containing them pretty well. Adrian Wilson, on the very first drive, he had the illegal contact penalty, which gave them an automatic first down. From there, they proceeded to just 
march the ball the rest of the 20 yards they needed. I think they were on like the 37 or something in our territory. So it was a long field goal at the same time. That gave them the first down, and they got that early score. On the ensuing kickoff, we almost fumbled it. J.J. Arrington, oh no, he did fumble. He did fumble. He did fumble. He fumbled it. Luckily, the refs called offside on Seattle on the kickoff, which they never call offside on kickoff. It's a very strange call. I was just like, praise the Lord. We got the ball back. We squandered that opportunity, punted it to him, and Daryl Jackson just made us look foolish in that first quarter. He had four catches for like 130 yards in the first quarter. Yep. It was pretty ridiculous. And Terrell Roll thought he had help behind him, and then Adrian Wilson came up soft on him, and Daryl Jackson got behind the defense really quick and had that long bomb touchdown. Yeah, Matt Hasselbeck knows how to throw the bomb. He's got a gun for an arm, and... Basically handed it to Daryl Jackson for a 40-something yard touchdown. Yeah. After we gift-wrapped 14 points for him, it was basically a battle of who wanted to lose the game least. Yeah. And Seattle wanted to lose it a little less than we did. Apparently. For some really, really good positives, we held Sean Alexander to 89 yards, which is 70 yards less than his average against us last year. Exactly. And we only held him to one touchdown, which is two touchdowns less than his average last year. Yeah, which, I mean, every year, every game last year, it's like, start Sean Alexander. Start Sean Alexander. Exactly. On, if on, you're on fit. Your exactly. <laughs> this year, we kind of held him in check. He didn't kill us. In the fourth quarter, he gained a bulk of his yards, and just he, they were able to wear us down and run out the clock. Uh, yeah, up until that point, we had pretty much contained the, the Seattle defense. It was just those 14 points right at the beginning. Uh, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, excuse me. The the Seattle offense, we had really contained them for pretty much the entire game after those fourteen points. Our offense, which was unstoppable in the first quarter last week, was just struggling. Just confused. They looked lazy. The noise was getting to them. Most all of their snaps were snapped with like one second left on the play clock, and like you could just tell they're really rushing everything. And, just, and they, yeah, they had to call timeout a couple times really early and it really hindered their ability to score another thing that really hindered the offense from scoring was Denny Green's inability to manage the clock yeah this has been a knock on him for at least the last I mean since he's been in Arizona I've been noticing it yeah there's been times when they could have had more efficient possessions timeouts that weren't needed or maybe not needed is is a wrong word but just they could have been used more effectively later on in the game instead of, like, to start off of the half or something. And we, we see that again with the end of the first half. We're kind of building, a little, I mean, a little bit of momentum compared to, like, absolute futility of the whole game. Yeah. We get the ball to, like, the 37 or so, the 36. Ish, yeah. And there's, like, 10 seconds left, and they try to rush the field goal kicking unit on, and it's second down. Yeah, they should have just spiked the ball, stopped the clock, had enough time for Neil Rackers to get out there, prepare himself. It was a 53-yard field goal. You kind of need a little time to prepare yourself <laughs> yeah. mentally for that. You can't really just do that on a whim. I mean, he, he did one rock through, and then the ball was already snapped. Everybody yeah. knows it's two rock throughs, and then the shoulder shrug thing. The shoulder shrug is really what, what sells the whole thing. Neil Rackers, if he doesn't get that down, then the ball's not going through yeah. the uprights. He's basically ineffective if he can't do that. It seemed like... Their third down conversion. Just watching the game, it seemed like every third down that was any of any kind of significance, we would not come through on. In the first half, they only had two third down conversions. It's really ineffective if you could do that. Or I mean, if that's all you yeah. get in the first half. They had a forty three percent 
uh, third down conversion rate, six out of fourteen, I believe. Which isn't like horrible, horrible. Yeah, but when you're when your last four come in the second half, it's yeah. really really tough because you should have been doing this from the beginning of the game, not really building up to the second half against a team like Seattle. You really need to get on them quick. Third down conversions, turnover ratio, time management. That's what sets apart the good teams from the almost there teams. Exactly. And last week we looked like a team that was almost there when we should be there. I mean, as bad as Seattle played, we definitely could have came out with that game. So he- here's a question for you. Let's do it. Let's go. Putting it let's, to put something that to get the Cardinals to get over the edge, they have ten million dollars under the cap. Who are some of your w- people on a wish list that we should have gotten? in the offseason with that extra money. Well, this is like kind of the horn that's been tooted all offseason is that we have so much money. It wasn't an amazingly strong like free agent class or anything. Yeah, I mean, we got Edron James. I mean, I'm not going to complain about it <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah, definitely not. After that, Hendrick Clancy, eh. Milford Brown. Eh. It's like, yeah, who, who are these guys? I mean, Milford Brown was an offensive lineman in, uh, for the Houston Texans. They couldn't protect Which, their quarterback. David Carr was getting sacked like six times a game. So why would he be an upgrade? Seriously, he was seeing more ground than Jenna Jameson. So. <laughs> <laughs> With all that money, we should have definitely been able to convince Ty Law. Our secondary is so weak. If it's our, true that we don't need another older <laughs> elder statesman in our secondary. Yeah. But I would love to just give Robert Tate a plane ticket out of here. I, I would literally start a fund. To kick him off our team. <laughs> I cannot stand Robert Tate. He cannot cover anybody. Oh, I know. It's ridiculous. And, but, I mean, when you got this kind of show, this is a very good illustration of how bad our secondary is right now. Dennis Green benches our number two cornerback on the first possession of the <laughs> opening game. Yeah. Because he really didn't show any any improvement from last season or, or on anything. So he, he just got benched. That yeah. is not a good sign for the secondary. Yeah. Eric Green is going to be an amazing, amazing cornerback. Antrell Roll, this is like his third game ever because he got injured so early yeah. last season. And when he came back, it really didn't really count because he didn't play so much. He wasn't up to full health. Yeah, so this is his first real crack at the NFL. He's going to be good. We already seen chances when he's – there's a couple of times he could have had a couple of interceptions where he jumped a route. But – how how much more would just Ty Law improve our secondary? And we could have thrown a lot of money at him. No, we here. have $10 million under the cap this season. Next season, we're expected to have between 40 to 70 under yeah. under the cap, which is ridiculous. I know Rod Graves is saying that he wants to spend that money on re-signing guys. But there's no one to re-sign right now. Uh, right. I mean, there's Leonard Davis. And Darnell Dockett. And That's Darnell it. Dockett. Other than that, it's really – there's – a lot of the guys I don't really want to keep. <laughs> Steve Hutchinson, we obviously have offensive line problems. Yeah, we I mean, could have gotten him. Uh, sure, he was a restricted free agent, but we could have swindled something like the, the Vikings did. We could have thrown a lot more money at him. I mean, we yeah. have so much money. He's turning Chester Taylor into like a Pro Bowl back right now. How, how many yards is Chester Taylor getting going the left side? It's Chester Taylor. Like <laughs> yeah. he, he, <laughs> That's all I got to say. I would love to have him. Obviously, Julian Peterson. I mean, Definitely. We have a pretty, I mean, we have a patchwork linebacking core right now. Calvin Pace is a defensive end. I mean, he, yeah, he converted to converted the linebacker. And, and 
Gerald Hayes is a stud. He just has been all he's always just been injured yeah. and he never had the the chance really to prove himself. But this year he's doing pretty decent. And Carlos Dansby, obviously a budding superstar, but he oh, just needs yeah. to get over his toe injury and his thumb injury and get on the field and play. Obviously those guys would be nice to have. But it is what it is. It's scoreboard, yeah. like we say <laughs> all the time. Yeah, twenty-one ten. Unfortunately, hopefully next week going into the Rams, we'll do a bit better. Overall, the sense of the game is we were expected to lose this game. It was pretty much a foregone conclusion in everybody's mind. Yep. We got the Rams next week, which we have to take care of. It's definitely a, a must-win situation with the Rams. Then we got, I believe, KC, then Atlanta. No, I mean, think we got Atlanta first, then Atlanta, we got then KC. KC. Yeah. Okay, Atlanta, then KC, not not KFC, KC. <laughs> Those are going to be tough games, but also very winnable. And then we got the Bears, and then we got the Raiders, and the Packers. The Packers. So if we can, we need confidence so bad. Definitely. We need Edrin to have over 100 yards this next game. Oh, for sure. We need... Kurt Warner to to not be sacked like seven times. <laughs> yeah, and not fumble the ball so much. Yeah, because he's getting hit so much. Yeah, Kurt Warner's a nice Christian man, but I'm sure that he just cussed out the offensive line <laughs> after that game. The Rams aren't really bringing much. They have a very decent running game in oh, Steven Jackson. Decent. Yeah, he's just a monster. I mean, he is just the next coming of like Craig Ironhead Haywood. La 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 la. <laughs> Say that, that ten yeah. times fast. Seriously. We have, like, zero reason to be afraid of their defense. We should be able to light them up for a good 300 yards in the passing game. Oh, definitely. We should hopefully be able to contain them. Mark Bolger is not that effective this year. He hasn't really been that great since Kurt Warner was in St. <laughs> Louis. So, Yeah, he has an overall passer rating of, like, like mid-80s hot, like, low 90s. I mean, he is, he is serviceable at best this year. I mean, obviously, okay, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, Sean McDonald are always threats. Sean McDonald in the return game can definitely just do it like that. I mean, that's how we breed them at ASU. But, I mean, I'm not too concerned. We, we have to win this game. I was playing Madden a little earlier. That's the today. 07 version. Oh, yeah, yeah, Madden 07. And uh, we destroyed them. So... That shows that we, we have you know good things to come. We, we ran it down their throat with Edger and James and <laughs> spanked them pretty much, to say the least. ASU is playing Cal this week. Oh my goodness. Like, like this is huge. Also, a this huge is the game. game. This is like the game for ASU this season. It's really going to define how they do for the rest of the season because if they lose this, they're really going to lose a lot of momentum yep. because we got three games back to back to back. Cal. Oregon, USC. All three of them are ranked in the top 25. <laughs> All three of them are Pac-10 rivals. Yeah. And it's a huge, huge game this weekend because it's at Cal in Berkeley. Dirk Cutter has not won a football game <laughs> in California. Seriously. So, you know, the tree huggers and the engineers out there in Berkeley are going to be there to support their team. Oh, yeah. They'll be loud and they'll be fierce. But this game is going to determine... Whether or not we're Rose Bowl or like Insight.com Bowl. <laughs> Seriously. This is what this game is. I mean, obviously, Oregon and USC are, are ranked higher than Cal. But we have to be able to beat this team for our confidence. We, we have to do it. We have to, we have to prove that, that we're for real. The defense needs to have a strong outing. We need to shut down Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> if we could do what we did to Colorado where we blitz a lot on third down, then and if they don't pick it up, then that's great. Just a stat to throw at you. 
We had four of our five sacks come on third down against Colorado. If we could keep those numbers going against Cal, then that would be amazing. If we could just keep those sack numbers up, really put a lot of pressure on the quarterback and hopefully force them to make some mistakes. And um, something that's just a little, a little, a little scary is that uh, Hugh Charles for Colorado had 109 yards against us. Yeah, and he was their <laughs> leading receiver, so it's kind of it's kind of up in the air. That was really the only offensive production that Colorado put on us. Unfortunately, it did come through him where he had a couple nice runs. Hopefully, Dirk Cutter is really pushing the the Sun Devils to look at the running game for Cal and Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, because I mean. Marshawn Lynch, if Hugh Charles got 109, that means Marshawn Marshawn Lynch should get at least 160. Yeah. So I mean that that's something that like we really just just need to commit to. I mean, stay home, fill the lanes, hit the gaps, and just be really disciplined in that front seven. Yeah, really keep those penalties <clears throat> down because right this past game we had 11 penalties. Hopefully we can really really diminish those numbers and really put it on them. We can't give away points against against Cal. Yeah, I mean, we can't turn over the ball at the two yard line <laughs> on a, a very potent scoring drive, and we can't, and definitely we can't turn it over within their red zone so that they have a chance to score. I'm not really impressed with Rudy Carpenter this season. A lot of his passes were were sailing on him against Colorado. Yeah, he really had a, a few mistakes. I don't know if it was just like the thin air, or I'm hoping that he'll have it together. I mean, he's obviously looked really good all the end of last season and in the first two games. So hopefully he will cut down on the interceptions. He had two last week and just make sure he just goes through his progressions really well. And, and that's just one of the strengths is that he really knows how to just pick the open guy. That's why we see so much parity with our receivers. Terry Richardson's only had three catches all year and I don't know if that's necessarily just him I mean I know we gave him a lot of crap last week yeah it's becoming apparent that he is their like quote-unquote number one receiver right now yeah but at the same time at any, any given game it could be Nate Kimbrough it could be Rudy Burgess it could be Mike Jones it could be Chris McGahey yeah Chris McGahey <laughs> Or could be, I mean, it could be Zach Miller. Or even Jamal Lewis. It's just so many. Yeah. I mean, so many I'm like forgetting him. targets. Yeah. <laughs> Cal is going to have a hard time shutting down all of them. Somebody's always going to be open. Someone's going to find the seam. Someone's going to sit in a hole. And we should be able to continue our extremely high offensive yards against Cal. Let's just hope they turn it into points and as well. What's great about this whole thing is that we're criticizing Rudy Carpenter, and he still had. 120 <laughs> QB rating. He had two touchdowns. Unfortunately, he threw those two picks, but he still had a yeah. ridiculously good passer efficiency rating. So hopefully, you know, we won't have to rip him next week. Hopefully he'll he'll make a couple smarter decisions and really get it done against Cal. Yeah, and I mean, maybe I just got in the mood because we were harping on the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. I just got in like, yeah, get, you know, uh, nitpick mood or something. Exactly. Or it seems this will determine what our season's going to look like. I think we're done. We pretty that, much... <laughs> that kind of wraps it up, I guess. We're pretty much just exhausted every single angle you can look at for last week's game and this upcoming game. Uh, sorry I got you a little late. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, drama, drama, drama. drama, things out of our control. 
uh, especially my control, out of my control. <laughs> uh, hey, we're team, dog. We're it, team. We're team. You know we're it's, all, it's all gravy. It's all gravy. Tight. But um, expect us back next Monday. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll be talking about an undefeated ASU team and a two and one Cardinal team. Heck yeah, baby! So we're out. Later.